Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. Hi and welcome to Active Churches Online, everyone. My name is Mike. I serve as the lead pastor here at Active Church. And whether you're watching or you're listening, if this is your first time, or maybe you've been with us a long time, like my friend Marilyn, my friend Tammy, and my friends Randy and Laura, we're so grateful that you've taken some time to be a part of the story that God is writing here at Active Church. And you're joining us for a really great day because we're beginning a brand new conversation, one called In Our Messy World. Because, and I don't think I have to convince you of this, our world is a mess, isn't it? And not just because we're in 2020. Our world was a mess long before this year. I just think that this year has opened our eyes to the fact that the mess isn't out there somewhere. The mess is also right here in front of us. And when our world is a mess, there's all sorts of people who will voice their opinions on how to clean up the mess. And sometimes it's helpful, but most of the time it feels very divisive. Because if they disagree with this opinion, they'll let people know that they disagree with that opinion. And then suddenly, instead of trying to clean up the mess, we're making more of a mess in the way that we speak to each other because we disagree with one another. You and I, we see it and hear it every day. Somebody somewhere is putting somebody somewhere else on blast. Our world is filled with lots of yelling, lots of dismissing, lots of volume. There's a lot of anger, there's a lot of rage, there's a lot of contempt for one another. There are voices in our world that are saying, listen to me and not to them. There are voices in our world saying, I'm right and they're wrong. And there are voices in our world that are getting louder and more angry and more aggressive. And then there's us. If we're not a part of the voices that are being loud, we're a part of the group that's trying to decide what voices we should listen to. We're wondering which voices are right and hopeful and helpful and beneficial. We're wondering, is there a voice that actually is speaking some truth in amongst all of this mess? There are a lot of voices around us, each demanding that we would listen to them to give priority to their voice in our lives because they believe that they have the best way to live, that they know how to clean up the mess. But the question that we have to wrestle with is, is that true? Is there voices out there that we should be listening to? 
Are there voices that are actually true and most beneficial? Is there a voice that should have the highest priority in us, in you and in me? That's what this conversation, this series is all about because there is a true voice, there is a strong voice, there is a voice that when you prioritize it, it will lead you into a better story. And at Active Church, we're convinced that that voice is the voice of God. Now, I'm sure that doesn't surprise you because we're a church, we're Christians, and we believe in God through the person and work of Jesus. But we believe that the voice of God should be the loudest voice and should be the most important voice in each of our stories. And so over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about how God speaks to you and to me, how he speaks to us, and how he uses intentional things to speak to us, like the Bible, like the Holy Spirit, like your personal experiences, like your personal relationships. God is speaking and he uses the circumstances in your life and he uses things that he has brought to us to speak to you so that he can direct you and bring you life and help you to tell a better story. God is speaking in our messy world. But before we talk about how God is speaking through each of those means that I mentioned, I think you and I need to talk about our priorities because there is a voice that you and I have prioritized in our story right now. There is a voice that we will listen to on the regular because we have made that voice the most important. And it might be this news outlet, it might be this social media platform, it actually might be a real person, maybe somebody that raised you or somebody that leads you or somebody that is your boss or maybe a mentor or a neighbor or a friend or a spouse. And that doesn't mean that those voices are bad. It just means that we have to decide if those voices should be the most important voices in our story. And maybe one of the reasons why we haven't been able to hear from God, because that's something that often people will say, I would just wanna hear from God. I wanna hear the voice of God. And maybe the reason why we haven't heard from God is because we've prioritized other voices over the voice of God. And again, those voices may not be bad, but does it actually lead you into the better story that God created you to tell? And so today, I wanna to start by inviting you to consider prioritizing the voice of God in your life, to make it the most important voice, the loudest voice, the most influential voice in your story, because we're convinced at Active Church that God's voice is trustworthy, that God's voice is true, that God's voice isn't angry with you, that actually the voice of God is a voice that cares for you because God cares about you because he loves you. And this isn't unique to us trying to figure out how we can hear the voice of God. This is something that Christians have been doing since the beginning of our faith, since the resurrection of Jesus. The first Christians, the first followers of Jesus were trying to decipher what voice would be the most important in their story because they had a lot of voices speaking into them. And then when Jesus showed up, they had to wrestle with the tension of, do we trust him? And do we trust his voice in our life? And it's in this context that Jesus actually begins to teach them something really important about himself. 
And in order to do that, he uses an example that they would have seen every single day. No matter where they were, no matter what region of the world they were in, they would see this every single day. And Jesus used this contextual example to help his first followers, his first disciples, understand how God sees them and more importantly, why they should prioritize the voice of God in their lives. Now, here's what I want to do with you today. I want to share with you the example that Jesus shared with them, but I want you to know that this example may not connect with you like it did with those first followers of Jesus. Because the example that Jesus uses is something that was very much a part of the world during his time. But it's not a part of our world during our time. But if you'll hang with me, if you lean in, I guarantee you that even though the example is not necessarily something we see every day, what Jesus does to describe himself using this example will help you to understand how he sees you and why you and I should prioritize his voice in our lives. So I want to take you to the letter that John writes in the Gospels, a part of the New Testament of the Bible. If you have a Bible with you or the Bible app near you, would you turn to the letter of John? And we're going to be in John chapter 10, starting in verse 11. And as you're turning there, let me help you understand who John is. He is a first follower of Jesus. He was a part of the first 12 disciples. John was like a younger brother to Jesus. He describes himself in his letter, the one that we're about to read. He describes himself at the end of the letter as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Theologians believe that John was about the age of 12 or 13 when he first started following Jesus, and Jesus was about 33. So it was like a younger brother to Jesus. He cared for him. He took to, he took to him, and they had a great friendship, a great relationship. In fact, when Jesus was on the cross, he asked John to care for his mom, for the mom of Jesus, Mary. And for the rest of John's life, he was like a son to Mary because he cared for her. This is a real person who really wrote down the interactions he had with Jesus. And he writes down this powerful moment where Jesus is helping those first followers, those first listeners, to understand how God sees them and why they should prioritize his voice in their life. And there's something for us to learn in this as well. The future readers of this first story with Jesus and his first disciples. Here's what John writes down. Here's what Jesus said. John chapter 10, starting in verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus begins this conversation by giving himself a relatable identity, one that these first followers would see every single day because they lived in a world where shepherding was a part of the regular rhythm of life, where someone would watch over hundreds, if not thousands of sheep because that was their job. That's what they did. That's how they made a living. And Jesus says, I am like that good shepherd for you. And then he does something really interesting. He defines the word good. Because if we were to take a poll and we were to ask, define good, we would get all sorts of different definitions, wouldn't we? And that's why Jesus defines good for these first followers. Because it can be kind of ambiguous and he wants, he wants it to be specific. And so he says that I am the good shepherd and I define good 
as a shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, that I'm going to give of my life for my sheep. And this again would have been so, so contextualized for their time. They would have understand this fully because they have seen shepherd, shepherds give their lives for their sheep. And Jesus is saying that this is what I do for you. His point for his first listeners and for us as the future readers of this story, Jesus wants us to know this. I'm in this thing with you. And you don't get a piece of me. You don't get a part of me. I'm in this thing and you get all of me. I will give my life for you. And little did these first followers realize that Jesus wasn't talking in imaginary language. He was actually predicting what he will actually do for them and for you and for me that he was going to give of his life. And then he creates this comparison to help them understand how much he is all in on you and on me, how much he's invested in you and in me. He says this, the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The man runs away because he cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus is helping these first listeners and, our, and the future readers, you and me, to know how all in he is, how invested he is. He is not someone who has been hired to take care of us, who has been hired to speak about life for us, to help us to step into something and then he's going to disappear. Jesus says the hired hand doesn't care for the sheep, but the shepherd gives his, his life for the sheep. The hired hand can't be all in because they don't love the sheep. But the shepherd is all in because he will give his life for the sheep. This is something he wanted the first listeners to know and it's something that he wanted you and me to know. But then he's not done. He brings clarity because he's getting to a really great point. He says this. So just so you, in case you missed it, I am the good shepherd. And then he says something really fascinating. He says, I know my sheep and my sheep they know me. And this is important for those first listeners and for us future readers. He's saying to us that there is a relationship that you can have with the good shepherd, that you can have with God, that has the potential to be more than just a relationship that's in proximity to God, that has the potential to be more than a relationship where you are just acquainted with God. It's more than just saying, hey, I believe in God, or I'm spiritual, or I pray to the big guy in the sky. What Jesus is saying here is that there is the potential for a relationship with God found in the good shepherd, Jesus, in his work, in his person. And that relationship can be one where you can know God, and God can know you fully, and there's no condemnation. There's no judgment, but there is life and there is a better story to be told. This is why Jesus is sharing this with those first listeners and with us, the future readers. He's saying that God has shown up. And just in case, if you and I have missed it, he gets really clear in this next point. He says, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, you 
can know God and God will know you fully. Jesus wants those first listeners and us, the future readers, to know that God is here. And we know that God is here because Jesus is here and he is God and he wants to know you and he wants you to know him. And then he reminds us of what God, the good shepherd does. I lay down my life for my sheep. Jesus wants us to understand. He wants us to know that he is not all about great language and no action. Jesus wants us to understand that if we're gonna believe in him, we're gonna watch what he does. If we're gonna take his words serious, we're gonna see if he takes his own words serious. And what Jesus says in this moment is this, I will take my words so serious that there will be no question about how much I love you because I am the good shepherd who lays down my life for my sheep. I lay my life down for you. This was so fascinating, so extraordinary for these first listeners. And it is for us. Even if we don't understand the shepherd and sheep analogy, we start to begin to understand how God sees us and feels about us as he describes this contextual story to his first listeners. But for us, we begin to understand that he is a God who is all in, who's invested in us, that he's got this and he has given his life for us. We don't ever have to question if he loves us or not. And then he gets to the point of his voice, what we've been talking about as we began this conversation in our messy world. He says this, my sheep, listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And the reason why they listen to his voice and the reason why they follow him is because they trust him. Not because of anything that he has said, but because of everything that he has done. And now they know that they can listen to him because of what he has done for them. Are you with me? Trust is built because the actions taken by the good shepherd were actions that rescue us. Integrity is developed because of the behavior of the good shepherd. And then there's a gift that comes from the good shepherd. Jesus puts it this way. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Now this is really why you need to know what was happening in that culture during that time. Because the shepherd would literally give his life to protect his sheep. They would be in a corral and the shepherd would, sh would sleep in the gate opening to protect his sheep from the wolves that would come to try to attack them and eat them and carry them away. And Jesus is saying that I am like that shepherd, except I go above and beyond. I'm invested in you. I got this. I will not only protect your life, I will give you life, eternal life, a life that goes on after this life, a life that doesn't perish or get extinguished. Your last breath on earth means that your next breath will be in heaven with God because of Jesus the good shepherd. There's all sorts of imagery here. So let me just point out a couple of things that Jesus wants his first listeners to know and wants us as the future readers to understand. 
there's forgiveness of sin that's found in the good shepherd. That you don't have to live like this anymore. That you don't have to carry around shame and regret and embarrassment anymore. There is freedom from sin that's found in the good shepherd. That you actually can step into a new story. That your past doesn't have to show up in your present and influence your future anymore. There is hope for today when you trust in the good shepherd. Because Jesus says that there is a better story that's possible. The reason why at Active Church we believe the best is yet to come is because we believe in the God who has told us that. We have hope that the best is yet to come, even if it feels hard and heavy right now. And the Good Shepherd gives us life in this present moment and then promises life in our future. It's why Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and I want you to trust me. I will show you that I'm the good shepherd and I will prove it to you in the way that I live my life and in the way that I give of my life for you and for me and for us. Friends, Jesus wanted those first listeners to prioritize his voice in their life because he knows what it means to give life, to bring life, to have life. That's why he came. He came so that we may have life and have it to the fullest. We may experience life through the eyes of the God who gives life. And he invites you and I to do the same thing, to prioritize his voice over all of the other voices in our life. The good voices and the bad voices, the news voices and the social media voices, the influencing voices, that we would prioritize the greatest voice, the voice of the good shepherd, the voice of God in our lives. Because that voice is a voice that we can know and we can trust and we can hear and we can believe in. It's a voice that invites you to do this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Jesus says, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It feels like Jesus said that in his time because we were going to need it in our time, especially this year in 2020. Because isn't it true that we all feel weary and burdened? And we need rest. And often what we'll do is prioritize voices around us that don't bring us rest. In fact, we prioritize voices that bring us unrest. They stir up fear and anxiety. And here's why. Because fear gets more likes. And anxiety gets more shares. And unrest, it gets more play on social media. It gets more views. It trends. All of those things are what people will talk about. But nobody talks about how we need rest because we're weary and we're burdened. And Jesus says, it's my voice that invites you into rest. And I'm not talking about rest where you would sleep at night, although a good night's sleep is so great because the psalmist says that God grants sleep to those he loves. And so I want you to have a good night's rest. But what Jesus is talking about here is beyond that. He's talking about peace in amongst chaos. A peace that one writer says, surpasses all understanding and guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever been around somebody who has suffered a great loss, has been through great chaos, and yet it feels as though they're not feeling those moments? 
It seems as though they're not actually invested in those moments because of their posture, their position, their behavior. And you ask them like, don't you care? Aren't you feeling what's going on? Are you numb? And they're like, no, I feel it all. But I also feel peace. That there is a presence of God that doesn't make sense in this moment. That my heart is being held by the hands of Jesus. That the good shepherd is present in my mind and he's renewing my mind because I want to choose hopelessness, but because I prioritize the voice of the good shepherd, I'm leaning into hope. It's a peace that doesn't make sense and it does guard your heart and your mind. This is what happens when we trust in the good shepherd and we prioritize his voice. We are invited into a new way of life. Here's the invite. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, that word yoke is an interesting word. It's not talking about an egg yoke. It's actually talking about something that you would put on an animal during that time. You would wrap around its body. And it was a way for the person who is leading the animal to actually lead it in a good direction. And what Jesus is saying here is that when you trust in him, when you prioritize his voice in your life, you are placing the yoke or the way of Jesus around your life so that you can be led by the God who knows where you need to go because he created you with great purpose and he knows why you're here and what you were created for. It's trusting that he is leading us in his powerful voice. And he says, take my yoke upon you. It's a yoke that's not heavy. It's a yoke that's not overwhelming. It is a yoke that's hard. It is a yoke that takes commitment. So don't fool yourself when you choose to pursue God and trust in Jesus and follow Jesus that this will be cake and ice cream and so simple. There, there will be good moments where you celebrate. There will be good moments where you are excited about what's happening, but there will be hard moments. And it's in those moments where you and I have to decide whose voice is gonna be the loudest in this circumstance. The voice that brings us rest or the voice that stirs us up towards unrest. When you place the way of Jesus, the yoke of Jesus in your life, Jesus says this, you will learn from me and what you will learn. This is God speaking, by the way, and listen to how he describes himself. You will learn that I am gentle and I am humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. God describes himself as gentle and humble. The voices we listen to now, are they gentle? Are they humble? When you turn on Fox News or CNN or you scroll through Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and you watch those videos, is there anything about those voices that are gentle and humble? Is there anything about those voices that bring you rest? Jesus says the good shepherd, God himself is gentle and humble and his voice will help you to find rest for your soul. And that is so needed. Because come on, we're all tired and we all need rest. We're all exhausted and we need a moment of peace, don't we? These last seven to eight months, we have faced some really incredible things unlike any other year in our life. Psychologists say that we are all experiencing what they describe as continuous traumatic syndrome or continuous traumatic stress. It's this. It's being preoccupied with the possibility of trauma. It causes you to be hyper vigilant 
in your behavior, in your posture, in your life, because you're not sure what's coming next. And isn't it true that that's how this year feels? And we know that everybody's feeling this because we've heard this phrase before. Well, 2020 strikes again. There's a fire. 2020 strikes again. Somebody passes away. 2020 strikes again. There are murder hornets coming from the Far East. 2020 strikes again. One psychologist described continuous traumatic stress as being like a computer that is closed but not shut down. And what happens when you close your computer is it goes into sleep mode, but it's not shut down. It's still working. The battery is still draining. And all of us are living in that state right now. And it has a huge effect on us psychologically and has a huge effect on us in our physical being. And it depletes your energy and it causes you to lean into unhealthy coping mechanisms. Maybe. Maybe that's why you're drinking again. Maybe that's why pornography is now a part of your story again. Maybe that's why you've gotten angry again. Maybe that's why there's tension in your marriage or your relationship. Maybe that's why the kids are driving you nuts. Maybe you're facing continuous traumatic stress because you are longing for rest, not just in your body, but in your soul. And it's why Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Because my voice, the voice of the good shepherd, the voice of Jesus says, I'm not angry with you. My voice is not aggressive. It's not fearful. It's not hateful. It's not vengeful. Jesus isn't looking for more likes and comments and shares and tags and views and looking to trend on social media because his voice does not stir up unrest. His voice stirs up rest. It's a voice that's strong and true and good and right. It's a voice that will lead you, direct you, stabilize you, strengthen you and save you. And we get to choose it. And Jesus knew that because he allows this. He does not force himself upon you because he is the good shepherd who lays his life down for you and then invites you to trust in him. How amazing is that? Who does that? No political candidate will do that. They want your vote, so they will say whatever they need to say to get your vote. But Jesus speaks honestly because he's the God who created you and knows you and died for you and rose again for you and invites you because of all of that, to trust in him and to prioritize his voice, but you get to choose. And then because of that, Jesus gives us this powerful, honest reminder. When we are afraid, when the voices around us are aggressive and demanding, he invites us to consider this incredible thought. Jesus said these words, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Don't be afraid of those whose voices are loud and they can only kill the body and not the soul, but rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. Now this feels incredibly angry and very aggressive, doesn't it? But here's what Jesus wants you to know. Those voices around you might sound powerful, but the voice of God is powerful. Those voices around you might speak with a supposed strength, 
but the voice of God gives you strength. Those voices around you might think that they're right, but God himself and his voice will make you right. That's why he says, man, all they can do is threaten you. But the God of the universe, the God who loves you, the God who died for you, he is for you and invites you to prioritize his voice. So friends, don't just consider the voice of the Good Shepherd. Prioritize it. Now, maybe you're asking, well, how do I do that? How do I know if I'm listening to the voice of God? Well, that's what we'll talk about over the next few weeks. But I don't want to leave you hanging. So here's what I want to do today to help you get started and prepare for next week. I want to give you three things that you can do. Three things that I want you to pay attention to to help you evaluate if you're listening to the voice of God or if you're listening to another voice, all right? Three things that I want you to pay attention to. First, pay attention to your response to others. That will help you know if you're listening to the voice of God or the voice of someone else. If it's God's voice, your response to others will be filtered through this question. What does love require of me? But if it's somebody else's voice, your response to others will be filtered through this question. What are they required to do for me. See the difference? Pay attention to your response to others. Second, pay attention to your sense of entitlement. You will know if you're listening to the voice of God when you look at those around you and you give them the same grace that God has given you. You give them the same gift of love and patience that God has given you. You'll know that you're listening to someone else's voice if you withhold that grace. So pay attention to your sense of entitlement. Third thing, pay attention to your imaginary conversations because we all talk to ourselves. I'm just gonna admit that. I know that about you. It's true of me. We have imaginary conversations, maybe even imaginary arguments, don't we? And you and I both know that we have those arguments because we wanna win. And so pay attention to those imaginary conversations. And when you're listening to the voice of God, when he is leading you, then you will want to be right with the person that you are having the imaginary conversation with. But if you're listening to another voice, then you will, be want, you will want to be right at the person that you're having the imaginary conversation with. The difference is, I'm gonna prioritize the relationship if it's God's voice, versus I'm gonna prioritize winning if it's somebody else's voice. And be careful with those imaginary conversations because when they become real conversations and you wanna be right and you wanna win, you can write yourself right out of relationship. But you'll be right and you'll win, but there won't be any more relationship. So if you wanna know if you're listening to the voice of God versus somebody else's voice, pay attention to your response to others, pay attention to your sense of entitlement, and pay attention to your imaginary conversations. And when you do, it will help you to prioritize the voice of the Good Shepherd, God, the God who lays down his life for you in our messy world. Let me pray for you. And so God, there's a lot of voices that we can listen to, but may we prioritize your voice. May we pay attention to our response to others 
May we pay attention to our sense of entitlement and may we pay attention to our imaginary conversations and may your voice be the loudest in our hearts, in our heads, in our lives. You are the good shepherd who lays down your life for your sheep, for us. And so may we hear from you this week and may we feel your influence and your transformation in how we respond to others. May you, the good shepherd, lead us and direct us and may we follow your leading and lay our life down for those that we love and those in our relational worlds. Thank you for cleaning up our messy world because of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray all of these things. Together we say amen and amen and amen. We hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are a local to the Redlands or Ukaipa area, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. in Ukaipa and 10 a.m. in Redlands. See you next time.